parenting, um, I think it's something that we all see as like a season. That is till you become a parent, and then you realize it's for a lifetime. And um, parenting, I want to suggest, has a lot of different seasons to it. But I want to suggest the most crucial season is that kind of birth to, to 18. It's, um, it's that place. I mean, it's a season where you, um, you have change and challenge. You have growth and more challenges. And you build a foundation and you face challenges. Did I say it's challenging? It's true. It's true. And it, it, to me, it's amazing how fast our kids grow up. I mean, it seems like one day you're playing shoots and ladders with them, and the next day they're, they're heading to college, they're getting married, they're, they're having your grandchildren. And they grow up so fast. I mean, I believe, as I've talked to people through the years, that parents, every one of us, wants to be a good parent, wants to have strong families. I mean, I, I believe that in all, all of our heart, that that's what we want. How many of you remember playing shoots and ladders? Uh, remember this game? I had somebody, I was asking them, and they go, I've never heard of the game. I go, go home and play it today. You know, it's a, it's a fun game. And the object of the game is to go from 1 to 100, basically to advance on the board. And, and you try and avoid, what are you trying to avoid? The shoots, the deadly shoots, because they take you backwards. I mean, you land on 16, and you get to go back to number 6. You land on 87, and it is a massive fall all the way back to 24. And what you want to do is avoid that, and you want to land on what? Ladders. I like ladders. Ladders help you advance. You land on number 9, you get a climb clear to 31. You land on 28. And you get to go all the way up to 84. And it's a fun game. I uh, play with my grandkids now. In fact, I was playing the other day with my, my grandson, uh, Ethan. We were playing the game, and I beat him the first game. And uh, he, he was like, let's do that again, Grandpa. And so I'm like, okay. And so he takes his piece. And there are two boy pieces and two girl pieces in the, in the game. And he puts his piece back in the box, and he pulls out a girl, and he goes, I'm going to be a girl this time. You know, it, the magic of what your piece is, you know. So I just said, okay, Ethan, we'll see how this goes. But today I want to look at the game Shoots and Ladders. And I want us to focus on the, the first season of parenting, that, that birth to 18. Like I said, I, I've realized you are always a parent. Um, but I want to specifically look at ladders that we can give our kids that will help them advance in life. And I believe it's the kind of thing that if you, if you give them the right ladders, it will impact their life from 1 to 100. And I know as I'm speaking, some of you right now are going, well, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not a parent. You know, or you're sitting there going, you know, my, my kids are grown and I'm not doing this. This isn't for me. And I want to say to you, this message, I believe, is for everyone. 
I believe that we all have kids in our lives. It may be your grandkids. It may be nieces, nephews. It might be neighborhood kids. It might be a kid that's in the church here. But the ladders we're going to talk about, I think, are things that we can impact their lives with. You know, ladders, um, the ones I want to look at, don't come from some uh, new fad book that's out on the market. The fact is, it comes from the greatest book ever written on parenting, and that's God's Word, the Bible. And I believe these ladders that we're going to talk about, that it's the things God does. I mean, our heavenly parent that God does in our lives. And he wants us to extend, not just to kids, but to everyone in our life. And so the first ladder I want to talk about is a ladder of compassion. I believe more than anything else in all the world that, that kids need unbelievable, unconditional, guaranteed, take it to the bank, love in their life. They, they need a place where they can be loved warts and all. The fact is that they know it's a safe place, that the home is. I mean, what's compassion? Well, I think compassion is a combination of love and understanding in life. Compassion is where you know everything about someone and you still like them. True? That's the true test of love. Lamentation says, uh, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. In other words, you can count on God's love. And sometimes I think we think love's natural, and the fact is, love isn't natural. Love is a choice. I always kill the romantics on this, but love's a choice. It's something that we practice, that we work at. And I believe there's no place better than in our homes to learn how to love and to focus on love with the people that we're forced to live with. Because here's what I think. If you can love the people that you live with, you can love anyone. True? Some of you are thinking about it. I was like, oh, wait a minute, trick question, you know. But it's true because if you can love people that are close to you, I, I'm convinced it's easier to love someone that's at a distance. And the fact is we need to show love, and I think there are three ways particularly that we show love, and we'll develop some of these later in the, in the message. But I think kids sometimes aren't clear about that, that love that we have with them because we don't express it in ways that they understand. But kids understand these three things. One, affection. You know, lots of hugs, lots of kisses, uh, th- those touches, those way to go, son, way to go, daughter. You know, they, they, that just contact that's so important. Kids understand affirmation. They need to hear it a lot. And, you know, I know it's Father's Day, but I know as dads, Sometimes we we struggle with the affirmation part, but we really need to go out of our way to affirm our kids, to build them up, let them know that they're loved and cared for, and they need to get attention. That's the other way kids recognize love, attention. It's uh, the greatest gift you can give someone because you, you listen to them, you spend time with them, you connect with them, you say, you know what, you're important, I'm going to spend a little bit of time You know, it's looking them in the eye. And nothing says I love you like looking someone in the eye and say, you matter to me. You're valuable. I care about you. I want 
I want to hear what's going on in your life. I want to hear what you have to say. You're important. And that just screams compassion. When, or, um, when you're, you're able to show them through spending time with them, love. It's the same kind of love I think God gives us in, in life. More than anything, all right, more than anything, we need to give our kids the ladder of love and compassion. Now, there is a myth out there, and some say all you need is love. Not true. That's absolutely not true. In fact, too many parents I've watched kind of bank on that one. They go, if I just love my kids, they're going to turn out really great. Really? It's not true. In fact, I, I, have, I could give you thousands of examples where love wasn't enough. It's important. It, it needs to be. It's an absolute that you have to have, but it's not, it's not the end all. There's a lot more to it. Things that are going to help them grow emotionally and spiritually and relationally in their lives, physically in their lives, is they begin to develop and to grow. And here's the second ladder I want to suggest is we need a ladder of counsel. You know, kids need direction. They need advice. They need wisdom. They, they need to be able to, to hear, you know, which way to go. I was reading a study not long ago that indicated the success of a child. And please hear, when I say success, I'm not saying financial success. or I'm saying a kid that, that walks well in life, that grows up to be a, an adult, that walks sure-footed, so to speak that that's born out of a good value system, that they have a stable value system in their life, that a kid grows up knowing this is right and this is wrong. You know, this, this is where I need to stay away and this is where I need to connect. It, it helps them navigate in the world. It keeps them from hitting the shoots in life. I've watched people hit shoot after shoot after shoot because they, they have no value system. You know, it causes crash and burns. And, and the fact is, we all need a foundation in life. Kids need to know boundaries. This is what we do. This is what we don't do in life. And I've heard, have you heard people say this? They'll go, really doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. Have you heard that? I mean, I want to cringe inside and go, are you kidding me? Are you joking? I mean, it makes all the difference in the world. You know, you can be sincere about something and be sincerely wrong. You know, some value systems teach that we're to love our enemies. Other value systems say, eat your enemies. I think that's different, don't you? Need to know rights and wrongs. You know, I'm not talking about becoming judgmental. I'm talking about understanding how we're going to live life. You know, I'm beginning to realize that we are raising a generation that doesn't have stable values. You know, they get their values from shows like Friends. And I'm thinking, whoa, that's not good. All you have to do is look around you a little bit. I was watching a uh, documentary on 2020, and uh, it, they called it uh, ex Exposure of the Juvenile Crime in, in America. And in that, they pointed to the rapid rise in this kind of psychopathic uh, juvenile behavior. And they said, you know, it's due primarily. I mean, there, here's 2020, a secular uh, uh, 
groups and declining values. Declining moral values is resulting in that kids are growing up in a vacuum where they don't have stable values, and consequently, the result of that is they have very little concern for other people, that they have a heightened sense of, you know, what works for me, you know, please myself, this instant gratification society. Regardless of who gets hurt, we're not really concerned about that. And I want to argue, kids are crying for counsel in their lives. You know, Deuteronomy 6, 7 says, you must teach these commands to your children and talk about them when you're at home or out for a walk at bedtime, first thing in the morning. You know, there's four things you ought to pick up from here. The first is you must teach these commandments. You, you. Think about that. Not the government, not the school system, not your neighbors, not the social club, you know, not TV, not video games, not pop culture. But you, you should teach them. In fact, it's a parent's duty to teach moral values. The government is not going to do this for you. The school system, as great as it is, is not going to do this for you. In fact, I saw a textbook a while back, and basically it said stealing, stealing, you probably shouldn't do it. I mean, it was in this kind kind of term. You shouldn't do it, not because it's wrong, but it might make you feel bad. Friends, it's a parent's job to teach. You must, see, must, means not an option. You don't get to pick and choose, you know. It says it's a parent's job. You must, you must teach what? These commandments. Now, what commandments is it talking about? Well, it's talking about the Ten Commandments here. You know, God didn't give us ten suggestions. You know, God didn't say, you know what, take a, take a look at this. No, these, these are not ten suggestions. It's ten commandments. In other words, it's not, hey, take a look at these and... You might think about it and then do something with them, maybe. No, it's do it, do it. And notice what it says where we're to teach. You know, it talks about teaching, talk to them when you're at home or out for a walk at bedtime or the first thing in the morning. In other words, anytime, all the time, you're always teaching. Parents, you're always teaching. You're always teaching. If you're just watching TV, you're teaching something in that moment, according to what you're watching. But you are always teaching 24-7. And I like uh, Chuck Colson was saying he was at a uh, dinner, and the guy sitting next to him was head of an organization, and he says, you know, we're trying to get the Ten Commandments out of every single school because we want to liberate kids. And he said... You know, he's kind of biting his tongue as he's sitting there. He said, about 25 minutes later, this guy's just ranting and raving and complaining about theft in schools and how bad it's gotten. you got to lock stuff up and all that. And Colson said he couldn't stand it anymore, and he leaned over, and he goes, you know, maybe we should put a sign on the wall, thou shalt not steal. Friends, we are reaping what we're sowing as a society. You know, we need 
counsel. That's a ladder that pays in high dividends. We also need a ladder of correction. You know, a correction, uh, why? Well, because kids make mistakes. There are no perfect kids, right, parents? Because <laughs> you weren't a perfect kid. You know, they, they, they need discipline. They need to, that accountability in their life. They need training. They need to be raised up. You know, Hebrews 12, 6 says, The Lord disciplines those who he loves. In other words, if you love, you will discipline. Proverbs uh, thirteen twenty four says, If you refuse to discipline your child, Ooh, here, here's this. It proves you what? Don't love them. Whoa, that's a little hard. You know, Proverbs 19, 18 says, Correct your children while there's still hope. Do not let them destroy themselves. God's word says, you know, if you're not willing to correct, watch out. You're you're helping your kids fail in life. You're, You're setting them up and kind of pushing them down the chute. You're keeping them from advancing in their life. And the Bible says there's three ways you, you can discipline. And that's quickly, calmly, and sparingly. And I want us to understand the difference between punishment and discipline. Because usually when I've heard someone speak on this topic, they don't make it real clear. It's this kind of foggy, foggy land. And the fact is, I believe that God's word wants us to deal with this the way God deals with us. In life. In other words, if you're a son or daughter of Christ, you've given your life to Christ. When you sin, and you do, and I do, God doesn't punish us because that's been paid for on the cross. But God does discipline us sometimes. And there's a difference because the the purpose of punishment is to inflict a penalty, but the, the purpose of discipline is to promote growth in life. The the focus of punishment is the past and what was done wrong. And I want to suggest the focus of discipline is the future and what you can be. You know, the attitude behind punishment usually is anger. And the attitude behind discipline is love. I'm going to help you go the right way. I'm going to help you get a good foundation in your life. You know, if you correct with anger, hear this, it always, always produces resentment see we're called to correct to look to the future with our children let's make sure this doesn't happen next time okay let's let's focus on doing this different the next time we do it redemptive not destructive redemptive not destructive Bible says don't use harmful words. Use only words that build up. In other words, learning to correct without condemning, without destroying. You know, that correction ladder, that discipline ladder, I believe allows your children to succeed, to grow, to mature. I think it's absolutely necessary. There's a ladder of confidence I think children need today. Would you agree that the world, there's a lot of pressure for kids today? True? I mean, it's through the charts. You know, I think the pace kids have to keep, the stress and all the stuff that they've got to carry, the the amount of diversions that are available today. I think kids struggle with confidence. In fact, kids today, I think, battle with self-esteem in ways we never had to growing up, or I, I never had to. 
And, and the fact is, the world's tough on self-esteem of kids. You know, educators have discovered, they've done a lot of studies in this area that they, as they began to look at it, they began to see trends. And they said, this is what they found out, 85% of third graders have strong self-esteem. In other words, they feel pretty good about themselves. By the time they hit junior high, 65% feel pretty good about themselves. Now get this, by the time they're seniors in high school, 5% have high self-esteem. Kids keep hitting the self-esteem shoot in life. The older they get, the worse they feel about themselves. And the fact is we live in a very negative world in a lot of ways. Now, I am not suggesting, as some have suggested, that we take our, our value system and lower it so everybody can feel good about themselves or that we take whatever we are striving for, take the goals and just move them way down. What I'm suggesting is that we learn to build up instead of tearing it down. You know, Colossians 3.21 says, don't scold your children so much that they become discouraged and quit trying. You know, I just ask you, are you a pleasable parent? Because I know it's, it's easy to look and, you know, do you see the cup half full or half empty? When it comes to your kids, I mean, what do you see? What do you see? You know, where's your bent? Is it something you need to work on? You know, if they're getting C's, do you want B's? If they're getting B's, do you want A's? If they're getting A's, do you want straight A's? Because what, what Scripture says and what experience has taught me that at some point, kids just give up. They go, I can't do it anyway. I mean, how do you instill confidence in kids? How do you do that? You know, 1 Corinthians 13, 7, Paul says, if you love someone, you always believe in them and always expect the best. If you want to help your children, you want to raise their confidence level, build them up more than you tear them down, believe in them, and the fact is, help, help them grow with that. And I know how this goes because some of you are real analytic. You go, well, okay, so I need to talk more positive. Tell you what, I'm going to, every time I say something positive, I'm going to get it, or something negative, I'll give them something positive. It doesn't work. Scales are like this. You know, fact is, you can get 10 compliments, true? You could get 10 compliments this morning about whatever. And one person come up and give you a negative, what are you going to remember when you get home? It's the negative thing. I can't believe it. They didn't like my haircut. What's wrong with my haircut? You know, I can't believe it. I, this is nice. This is nice. I thought the shirt was good. You know, I, I'm, I'm that way. I, I'll get 10 emails. People go, you know, that message, pretty helpful. I really like the way you approached that. You know, really made a difference. And I get one that goes, you're nuts. I was like, what? what did I do? What did I do? You know. And my point in this is you've got to overemphasize the positive. Because inevitably, if you're a parent, you've got to deal with the negative. You have to. But every child needs someone in the corner saying, I know you can do it. I believe in you. I'm behind you. 
Kids need confidence in life. Now, I want to address, because I'm seeing a growing trend as I kind of look at what's going on in our world, and some, in an attempt to address this negativity, they've went clear over here to la-la land. And that is, we will just be positive about everything, even if it's not true. You know, in other words, kind of every kid gets an A. doesn't matter whether they studied. doesn't matter whether they worked at it. doesn't matter if they even care. We're going to give them an A. And I want to be clear. I mean, don't misunderstand me. You know, I am all for us encouraging, but there are ways to do that. There are ways to help our kids that is based in reality. You know, I can remember my dad putting his arm around me and saying, you know, you did your best. Don't go into this for a living, you know. <laughs> but he, he was always good about pointing out the other things. Or he'd say, you know what? We'll work harder. You, you'll do better next time. And I think that's positive reinforcement. You know, what, I, what I'm concerned about for, for a few is this false sense of self-esteem that is based on nothing. And what it does is it creates a whole nother shoot that you're going to go down in life but again for most for most low self-esteem is what we need to be addressing that's what's at stake another ladder we need is a ladder of celebration that's just a fancy word for fun have fun as a family families ought to have fun together they ought to play together that's why i'm always saying vacations are great because kids remember because you had fun and the major problem with a, a lot of families and I'm talking about parents that are basically really good parents. They're watching out for their kids. They don't have fun with their kids. They're just too busy. They got to-do lists when they, when they get home. There's just no time, no margin for having fun. It's just not there. We don't have the time to have fun with our kids. And, and that's a problem. That's a problem. You know, Ecclesiastes 11.8, it says... People ought to enjoy every day of their lives, no matter how long they live. You know, do you endure your kids, or do you enjoy them? Because I'll tell you, when my kids were growing up, they did not care. They didn't care what degrees I got. They didn't care what awards I got. They didn't care who I brushed shoulders with, or how the church was doing. They didn't care about that. All they really cared about, when they got down to it, was did we have fun together? Did they have fun with dad? Did they have fun with mom? You know, the same's true with my grandkids. You know, the other day I was sitting on the couch with uh, Isabella. She's, she's five. And um, she, you know, she is just this bundle of energy. And uh, I noticed she had scratches and bruises on her legs. And I go, how'd you get those? And she looked and she goes, I don't know, Grandpa. And I said, well, I know. And it was a little game that began at that point. And so I would tell her things, like we'd point to a bruise, and I'd go, well, that bruise comes from when you were on a spaceship going to Mars. And you, the spaceship broke down. You crawled out, and you fixed the, the engine. And you got hit by a piece of flying popcorn, and it left a bruise on your leg. Okay, I'm nuts. You know, I told you that. We did this for like a half hour. She had a lot of bruises and scratches. And so I'd make up a different story. When we got done, she gives me this great big hug, and she goes, 
I love it when we get crazy, Grandpa. <laughs> that evening, Cindy was giving her a bath, and uh, she saw the bruise. She goes, where'd you get that bruise? And Isabella goes, I don't know. Ask Grandpa. He'll make something up. <laughs> That's true. That's true. If you're not having fun with your kids, you're not celebrating. And celebration's imperative. If you do not have fun with your kids when they're in your home, do not be surprised if they seldom come back home. See, I believe that when a kid goes, you know what, that's a place we go and we have fun. They enjoy being. Enjoy your kids. Enjoy your kids. Ladder of challenge. They need to experience things that stretch them, that reveal their talents to them, that show them their God-given gifts, that help them develop responsibility. You know, how do you develop responsibility? Well, the only way that you develop responsibility in a child is to give them opportunities. You know, trust them with responsibility. Give them some control, age-appropriate control. Will they make mistakes? Absolutely. You can take that one to the bank. You did. I did. You know, will they be irresponsible sometimes? Because parents go, I can't do that. They'll be irresponsible. Yeah, they're going to be irresponsible sometimes, but there's teaching time in that. If you hold responsibility, don't give it to them. You're setting them up to slide down a lot of chutes in life. The goal of parenting, I believe, from the moment they're born is that they go from parental control in the early years to a point where they're self-controlled through those middle years and ultimately where they understand God has a plan for their life and they give God control in their life. Parents, you've got to give up control. If you don't, they can't grow. And if they don't, you'll take care of them the rest of your life. You will. There's something I hear often uh, of, from parents that have raised their children. And they'll say, you know what, if I had it to do over again, I'd do less for my kids. How many of you have raised your children? You know, or pretty much raised them. True? Is what I just said true? You know, if you had it to do over again, to give them more opportunities give them more responsibility and to do less i mean they'll say i i would i do less for my my kids i have them do more for themselves it's the only way you grow is to give challenges that stretch and develop them challenges develop responsibility in life and that pays in high dividends luke 16 uh, 10, 10 10 through 12 says whoever can be trusted with a little can also be trusted with a lot Going down to verse 12, it says, If you can't be trusted with the things that belong to someone else, who will give you things of your own? And it's really hitting at the issue of responsibility. You know, again, personal opinion, personal opinion here, but having watched people struggle in life, you know, having watched parents raise children, I believe, okay, this is opinion, but I believe it is far better to err on the side of giving your children too much responsibility than too little. To trust them, you know, enough. 
to give them the opportunities. The fact is, you're going to make mistakes either way, but I think it's better. Again, my opinion. Your goal as you raise your children is for them to ultimately be under self-control and then give God control in their life. Last ladder, consistency, consistency, consistency. Kids flourish with consistency in their life. Kids struggle in an environment where things are always changing, where the rules are always changing, where things are inconsistent. They have to guess, well, what is it today? You know, when mom and dad are kind of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, that kind of environment seriously creates monsters in life. Because kids go, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to act. It's this erratic, you know, behavior. You know, Psalms 145 says the Lord is faithful to all of his promises. If you read through that chapter, you get down to verse 17, it says, fair in all that he does. In other words, parents have to be faithful to to what they promise. Parents need to be fair in, in their decisions. And if you're not consistent, you know, if it doesn't have some basis, what you do is you create children that are very insecure and very bitter, usually, because there's no source that's any greater for building bitterness than broken promises in a person's life. Now, I want to make sure that, because I kind of get a pulse on things that some of you right now may be feeling like, okay, well, I got a few of those letters, and now you're just making me feel guilty. That's not my point. It was, it's never to create guilt. You know, I didn't want to shove you down the parental chute. You know, that is not my point. I've, ne- I've never been about creating guilt in people's lives. What I want to do and my, what I'm trying to do is say, you know what? We need to be aware of how important these ladders are in life. Now, the, here's the truth. There are no perfect parents. You're not. I'm not. Just the way it is. There are no perfect families. There are no perfect people. You were raised by imperfect parents. I was raised by imperfect parents. My parents were raised by imperfect And you get this. I don't have to go all the way back in time, do I? It's just a reality. And every parent is a novice. You know, how many of you wish you knew then what you know now? I think that often. I remember when our, our daughter, she, she was pregnant. She went in for sonogram, and um, they told her it was going to be a boy. And she's like, I don't know how to raise a boy. And I, I said to her, I said, you don't know how to raise a girl either. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, she, she, thought, she thought she knew how because she had, she had watched her and her sister get raised. And so she thought, well, I can raise a girl. But, but the reality is, and it did turn out to be a girl, by the way, and she did find out it was still a challenge. But the fact is, we're all novice. We grow as our kids grow. You know, you may be sitting here today and you go, 
whew, my kids are growing. And I kind of missed it on this one. Why? Well, I would challenge you, if that's true, if you're sitting here today and you're thinking that, I'd challenge you to just talk to your kids. Own up and go, you know, I wanted to be a good parent. But I, I look back, man, I blew it. I missed it. And just say it, because here's what I believe. That you can't fix the past, but you could change your relationship for the future. You know, you may be sitting here and maybe uh, you're raising kids of your own now. And as you kind of hear this this morning, or maybe you've been thinking it for a while, and you go, wow, my parents didn't do so bad. They did pretty good. Tell them. Tell them. Not just on Father's Day or Mother's Day or whatever. Just tell them. Say, you know what? You did a good job, and here's, here's where. It would mean a lot to parents. Maybe you're going, well, my, my parent isn't here anymore. I can't say it. Find a quiet place and say it. Lift it up. Just say, hey, Dad, hey, Mom. My real point this morning, though, is for parents that are in the season, you know, that you're raising your kids right now, that you commit and recommit yourself that you work at providing the ladders that, again, paying high dividends their entire life. What's the secret to being a great parent? Well, I think first you've got to be a godly person. You know, you've got to give God the reins. And I would encourage parents, as you are in that season of parenting, you know, I said it's challenging, but that you seek God's wisdom in that. You spend time in, in God's word that you let this church help you in that process, that you get in a small group so that when you're having hitting those challenges, you got people that are supporting you and loving you and you can bounce things off of. You know. You see, I believe God will give you wisdom, God will give you the strength to be the best parent you can be. Notice I didn't say a perfect parent. You will never be a perfect parent. There are no perfect parents on this planet. You know, God's a perfect parent, but the rest of us, all we can be is the best parent we can be. Put the ladders in place. It will help your kids advance in life and help them climb the ladder one rung at a time. And here's what I believe. At some point, you're able to step back and you watch them climb one rung after another, a little higher and higher. Every once in a while, they take a little downward, but they climb back up. Isn't that your hope as a parent? It's mine. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask, and we're not going to do anything strange or odd here, but ask the men just to stand up. I want to have prayer for you. And uh, I know some of you say, well, I'm not a dad. That's okay. They're, like I said, there are kids. You, you've got nieces, nephews, whatever. You know, I believe God... God has created men for, for a reason. You know, that we have high impact that we need to leverage. And we all do this together. You do not raise your kids in isolation. It takes all of us. It takes a village, as they say. So let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you. And God, I thank you for every man that's standing here today, especially. And God, I know that some are in that season of parenting. 
Some, their kids are now raising kids. And I know for some, they didn't raise kids, but there's a kid down the street or in this church or wherever. That God, you would give us all wisdom. That we'd be godly men. That When people look, they say, you know what? God's at the center. That person helped me grow. God, I thank you for the challenges that we all face. God, help us to navigate those. May what we say and do be pleasing in your sight. God, we thank you for our fathers, for our fathers' fathers, all the impact. God, forgive us when we fail. And we will. God, we just thank you for your design. Use us. May when we lay it all down. God, we long to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. We give you the glory. We give you the praise this day. Amen. Maybe seated.